There's a great saying that I, I um, discovered quite recently, and that is that genes provide the gun and environment pulls the trigger. So unless the environment is there, you know, that gene can lie dormant for a long time. So I was very lucky that I had a few little stepping stones along the way. And I mean, there was a lot of luck, you know, attached to my past. This is the Gilded Thread podcast. I am Irene O'Brien and I have a long-standing obsession with the role of clothing in our lives. We are definitely living in a time when so many of us have the platform to broadcast every minute of our own lives, should we choose. I wanted to hear from those people whose stories are perhaps a little less shared and learn about their lives as recalled through their style memories. Today, I am chatting with Barbara McMahon, creative consultant, model and TV presenter, who it has to be said, I made my mission to seek out. I was thrilled to get to ask her about being part of Ireland's first ever dedicated fashion programme, head to toe anyone, and to explore the importance of style in every facet of her life. Barbara McMahon, thank you so much for joining me on The Gilded Thread. Delighted today. to be here. Thank Delighted. you. I know when we um, first spoke, I was suggesting the idea to you and I um, saying sure what would I have to talk about and then I think nearly mm. half an hour later we were still chatting we said maybe we should have recorded this conversation not old fashioned, though not old fashioned no, no. Chat, yeah. um, and it's so funny because your your voice is so familiar to me and you were oh. so familiar to me for watching you on TV for so many years and oh seeing you goodness. in various campaigns you must have been a child in arms when you were watching it <laughs> to know, do you know what everyone says I, I dress like a seven year old so I think that's why everyone <laughs> thinks I'm much younger than I am um, but you know yeah. I, I do remember of course head to toe made such an impression on, on everybody um, and it was it was um, a must watch certainly Mm. certainly in my house but even you know I remember seeing different campaigns that you were in and um, and I was thinking about how head to toe was one thing but actually the how it was rolled out and all the things that came as a result of that really kind of shaped a a fascinating career yeah well I suppose I mean the brief in itself was called head to toe so we had a good brief in fact we were we could include anything that involved from your head to your toe (laughs) and of course that incorporated health and um, you know beauty and fashion and lifestyle and we it was fairly elastic so we kind of you know we stretched the brief and we did a lot of traveling brought lots of um, stories home I remember a wonderful um, story we, we went to Treviso to the Benetton family oh, yes. and we went into the Benetton um, factory and we interviewed them and of course it was so vast that the Benetton boys used to cycle around the um, to get from A to B wow. within the fa- factory but we saw all the garments made and you know it was it was terrific and all the cartons and where they went and, all, and uh, that was quite an intricate story story but it was such an experience it was great great the traveling was great um and I suppose you're right you know head to toe at the time was it was pre-digital so we somebody had to go traveling and that happened to be <laughs> little old me and I wasn't objecting but um it was very much the fashion bible the style bible in Ireland and people did rely on it and they looked at it and you know and I kind of felt oh my goodness the responsibility of all of this and as I was saying I felt a slight imposter you know here am I dictating but no uh, we had a great researcher and she made sure that our facts were accurate and so on but we had a little slot in the uh, programme called um, the uh, the bargain of the week or the buy of the week I think the, the favourite item I think it was called and um, it was quite startling because on one occasion my, my co-presenter Pat O'Malley he decided that um, he found a shirt, a check shirt, I think it was, in Cleary's at the time. And he decided that this was going to be the garment of the week. So he held it up and it was medium priced. It wasn't anything really special, but it was, it had something about it that was, you know. And um, at the end of the week, apparently the, the, the buyer or the, the, in that particular department said that they, they sold 5,000 of those shirts. Wow. And uh, this was quite startling for us and quite frightening for us because we felt the power of television and I mean he tried to steer them away when he had run out of shirts he steered them away into them no 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 I just want the shirt that was featured in head to toe um and it does um, show when it was that single source yeah as well, that, that yeah. was people are 
Yeah. You know, if you just have to look at Instagram or TikTok, people are yes. always looking for inspiration and looking to yeah. emulate. Yeah. So if you think yeah. that people were watching this one thing and, and mm. it was Irish, you know, yes, and, and was that, that was the difference that it was but, a very Irish because yeah. you were celebrating. Of course, it was international, but yeah. you were bringing international stories with we you having gone there, with you yeah. having asked questions from mm. your perspective, mm. from mm. from what you knew the audience mm. would like. Mm. So mm. that in itself was um, yeah. very exciting. It was terribly exciting. I mean, we got to go, I got to go to the, uh, you know, the, uh, the fashion weeks in Milan and Paris and New York and um, uh, and London of course there I was sitting in the front row and with, all the, <laughs> with the, the press sitting beside Anna Winter it was with her features sunglasses and everything she'd give me the little nod of approval and I knew I was a member of the club at that stage so I mean she has done such wonderful work but to, even to sit you know alongside her and um, to see all the mo- and then of course interviewing the models as well and you know there's Claudia Schieffer at the time and Naomi Campbell and uh, Chrissy Turlington and all of these um, and I remember racing down the car I think I may have said this uh, racing down the car park in Paris to try and get a little Vox Pop from one of them and my cameraman racing behind me and I was handheld mic and I was just saying and I wrote a little thing on a piece of paper and I said watch head to toe on Friday RTE1 you see and I held this up I said Naomi can you say this please and said watch head to toe RTE1 7.30 whatever it was and we had a great little intro for our a little uh, promo nice. for our program do you know but I just think <laughs> there would have been no one people would have thought they weren't allowed to do that so they oh, just so you didn't had to do break it, the room you, know? you had to barge in I mean like that again in Paris um, it, Cindy Crawford was, was behind the scenes and she and Richard Gere was in the um, the audience they were their marriage was slightly rocky at the time and she was preparing herself for the fashion show and it was a case of winging it I mean you really had to look around and crawl under tables and behind black curtains and all that sort of thing and I saw a gap in the curtain um, and I said to Breffney my <laughs> cameraman just follow me so I whizzed in when nobody was looking security went there and there was Cindy sitting in front of the mirror with her rollers and her hair smoking a cigarette black coffee and she was in a white t-shirt and I crouched down beside her and I said um, is being a supermodel all it's cracked up to be and she said um, she said uh, no and and I said, well, uh, you know, is it uh, everything that I said, what, you know, what are the sort of downsides? People like you asking me stupid questions, she said. <laughs> and she was so irritated with me. But it made a great bit of TV at the time. Well, and I was, I was put in my say, box. Exactly, because yeah. I was first saying, well, that, did that ever go yeah. wrong for you? And then you're telling me that. But that was so wrong, it was right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. She, all you could do is laugh. All you could do is laugh. And I, I mean, in fact, I was walking out of the, um, the, the auditorium afterwards. And behind her and she was with Richard Gere and it just shows I mean she was absolutely stunningly beautiful and I overheard her say to, to himself did I look okay was I okay and I mean imagine yeah. even thinking that but you know I suppose everybody has their own standards Everyone's and their human, own yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know they may look phenomenal and be totally yes. phenomenal but they're in under that yeah. literally under that the spotlight, spotlight with all eyes yeah. on them and the yeah. criticism was yeah. the no, you know yeah. you mentioned a little while ago Barbara that you were saying there was kind of a little bit of um you know, kind of imposter syndrome. Mm. And I wonder, did I'd, I'd love you to share the story about how it even came to be that, that you had that job because mm. as I understand it, you... You, you lived so many lives by that stage already mm. because you know you had mm. you had lived away I believe you had worked as an au pair in yes. Paris then yes. you had been uh, a soprano and then yeah. working yeah. in Bunratty yeah. but if you, so you, if you can tell us a little bit about how it led up to this point because mm. you were you had an idea for furniture. It was interior design. It, that you it was. It was. I mean, um, I got married very young. I was living in Limerick at the time. As you say, Bunratty brought me down to that part of the world. I was originally from County Louth and uh, and back in County Louth now. But um, I, yes, I had three children and they were growing up rapidly. And I felt that, you know, I wasn't going back to, to Bunratty, but I felt I needed to do something. And, um, you know, interiors, colour, symmetry, so textures, fashions, all of that was uh, an interest. And I really didn't want to go out to work because I wanted to look after the children and so on. So um, I set up a little consultancy business as an interior designer. It all started really where when I we had a little cottage that I converted in um, Quilty in County Clare oh, in the early 70s. And House Beautiful magazine from um, the States spotted it as a fisherman's cottage and they featured it as... Um, 
uh, on their cover and um, they liked the decor they liked the little renovations that I had done and then friends rang me up and just sort of said look we've a problem corner a problem window a problem what do you think I should do and th- I gained a little confidence through that yeah. and then I went to the Inchball School of Art and Design in London and did a brief course there which gave me a little bit more confidence and um, from there I uh, worked as a freelance interior designer and then I started to make these display tables which were round tables that you draped to the floor they were very fashionable you know in um, the 70s and a very um, economical way of you know um, uh, furnishing a corner in a room with um, putting a lamp on it and a glass top and so on and the only company in Ireland that were doing these were um, was Laura Ashley so I decided, um, my husband was in the timber business at the time, timber importers, so I decided through the farm that I would do these, get these made up in a jigsaw puzzle fashion, sort of three pieces, two legs that slot into each other and a top that slotted into the legs, put them in plastic bags with a label and sell them in Dunn stores, which I did. So I got shelf space for a while in Dunn stores. And um, these were great, you know, within the little business. But then I uh, was invited on to Live at Three to Thelma and... I think it was Derek at the time um, to Which display was a my huge wares. afternoon show. Day huge afternoon, afternoon. Show, it was yeah. the Enterprise spot. They had a spot every Tuesday, I think, and they asked me to go along and um, talk about my tables. And the producer said, "Now you have six minutes to promote your wares." So I took a deep <laughs> breath and I didn't stop for six minutes. And I was selling these tables. All and he came back to me afterwards and he said. Do you know, did you ever think of going into television? Actually, we were pretty good. <laughs> I said, that was the most terrifying six minutes of my life. I, I could never do it again. So he said, look, there is a course coming up. If you'd like to come up and um, a presenter's course. And he said, you know, for a bit of training and all this. So he sent me the details and he invited me up for that. And then, uh, which was the start of, you know, of, I suppose, Head to Toe. And it was out of that that Head to Toe evolved. It just, it just happened to have been a slot head to toe for an outside broadcaster because Mario Leary and um, oh gosh and Pat O'Mahony yeah. yeah were the two um, anchor presenters in the studio and then they found a little job for me uh, which turned out to be a very big job <laughs> um, and I as I say I travelled to South Africa and uh, Italy several times and Canada and the States and Rodeo Drive of course in Melrose Avenue in LA I thought I'd never get there because it was sort of you know the centre of fashion all these wonderful places and uh, it was it was a peach of a job it was wonderful it wasn't a job it was just you know it was, yeah. it was a holiday really you know. and you were your children teenagers at this stage no were they, they were oh, they, they were, were yeah, so what yeah. did they think they were. of this obviously were, oh nothing they were uh, they uh, desperately embarrassed were they? oh yeah I had nothing to do with it no 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 and if ever there was an article don't mention me don't mention me and no photographs of me and I won't be and all the rest so, oh no even today they don't they don't involve themselves Not at all teenagers keep your Grounded. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know, you need to be grounded because the other part of that is that uh, being on television, you need an elevated ego, whether whether you deserve it or nobody deserves it. Well, everybody has to have a little bit of ego. And I was never very confident in myself. I mean, I always pushed myself to perform. And when I was um, singing at Bonratti and doing a little bit of theatrics and all this sort of thing, it was, I was always quite nervous, but pushed myself and very happy that I mm. got there. And uh, with, with television, I was, you know, I really had to uh, build on my... So I would not have survived today with social media mm. and all the criticism. And, you know, I just don't think that I would have just imploded. It wouldn't have been for me at all. But yeah, it's um, a completely so, different landscape, you yeah. know. And, and I suppose even television in itself, I don't think anyone would get spotted in that way necessarily yeah. anymore. There's plenty of contributors oh, that true. come on. But, yes. you know, it's so much more about the rest mm. of it. Like, what mm. is your social media following? Yeah. What, you know, it's, yeah. it's just this this whole other thing. And that's why I love that story because it's so organic. And it was also mm. that the job found you, you didn't go looking for it. And there would have yeah. been so many people looking for that job, yeah. you know, because yeah. it was something yeah. that was... Yeah. Um, uh, visible and um, very mo- very aspirational, you yes, know. Yeah. But I, you know, because you mentioned to me when we spoke as well, you said, you know, I don't, I don't, I never thought of myself as stylish, and people mm. were looking to you as a style icon at mm. that stage because mm. you mm. were on mm. TV all the time. You were mm. then in these campaigns. There was mm. more interest because you did. Mm. Um, 
the live shows, didn't you? You yes. did road shows and well, everything we, we did. Stage. We did a, a, we had a thing called the Head to Toe Show Live, which was, uh, I think, that started in about 1995. And um, that blew us away. I mean, we were, I, I was in the point um, presenting the programme to 5,000 people in the point depot. And then we had a problem with um, security and fire, fire, all that sort of thing. So we had to curtail it. Eventually, we ended up in the um, RDS to try and accommodate the numbers. But we had no idea how popular the programme was. And and yes, we, you know, we had a, a, a fully live show that was, um, it was terrific. It really was. And we had all the top models and we had all the stands and the makeovers and the, you know, so it, it was. It was, it was and you were the yeah. first ones to do that then because there, it, yeah. it spawned so many, um, yeah. I, I mean, in a verse commas, women's events. I remember I used to yeah. work, do promotions at Women's World. I don't yes. know what it was called that, but I know. Yeah. Uh, promoting diet biscuits, I think I was doing yeah. that <laughs> When I think about it now. Um, yeah. but, but, you know, Do they I, work? Do they work? <laughs> I'd so. love to lose weight <laughs> eating, eating biscuits. <laughs> Once they ran out, people started taking the empty boxes. It was the weirdest. <laughs> it was the weirdest scenario. But um, but yeah. I find that really interesting that when you say you didn't know how popular it was until that time, because mm. I suppose the tickets started going like mm. hotcakes. They did. Yeah. But prior yeah. to that, yeah, like was there a moment when you're when you were somewhere and you think people are looking at me and it takes oh, you a minute to realise it's you because know, you're on TV. Because Irene, as I say, the, uh, you know, I, I was never um, uh, a designer. Designer label, designer label dresser mm. or a checkbook style dresser. And um, okay, it's lovely to get inf- inspiration from the top designers, and that's what I love. But the, the thing that really, really pleases me more than anything, and the greatest challenge I can have is to take a look and to modify that and to perhaps customize something that I have to to give it the look. And um, and I love trotting out and in something really, really cheap, like a penny something that I've actually sort of doctored a little bit myself. Yeah. And uh, I still do all of that. And I'd buy the odd good piece, you know, and but I'll, I'll treasure it and I'll wear it for an occasion and I'll, you know, uh, but it doesn't give me any more confidence than uh, a chain store piece that I've put together myself, yeah. you know. And were people and asking a lot about where do you shop? What do you wear? How yes, do you, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, should I say, you know, that I should do, that I buy only Dolce <laughs> Gabbana or Gucci or think, oh my God, you know, if they think that I'm, <laughs> that I'm only a chain store dresser, what? It's so funny because it would be the reverse sexy. now. People would be uh, yeah. pretending they weren't fine designer yeah. you know and kind of kind of say no 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 we're yes. not for just yeah whatever. but there's so much choice on the web now mm. and you know um, yeah I, mean, I, I deliberately don't go on there because I would just I don't have enough room in my, yes. my yeah. wardrobes yeah. anymore and what yeah. happened with dressing for camera was that all did you guys choose that were people approaching yes. you did you have any uh, advice no we, we had a, um, a very generous budget I had this wardrobe budget every year and um, the clothes belonged to RTE of course you know you, I chose them myself yeah and, and could shop around and um, you know buy whatever I wanted to buy within that budget and give them to and they were kept um, beautifully um, cleaned and tailored and maintained within the wardrobe department in RTE and um, you know obviously I really really wanted to promote Irish shops Mm. and Irish designers so I was particular about that but a lot of it was sort of accessorising and buying bits and pieces when I went abroad you know could never you know there was always a few an hour or two to trot down yeah. some you know to see what the style was about yeah, and yeah. you know because I know you're you were saying this kind of just all happens and everything but even when you know I'm thinking about you you found yourself in Paris at a young age and I know yes. you have a lovely story about going back to Paris then with, with your granddaughter which yeah. you, you might share but even that sounds kind of very glamorous and adventurous from a young mm. age even if you didn't know it and I, I was mm. struck when you said you know I didn't have confidence but I pushed myself because mm. I wondered mm. well is that a form of confidence really oh you know? gosh I think it's a form of you know perfectionism my father was a perfectionist and I would be a perfectionist to a degree but you know I mightn't be the same as another perfectionist we all have different goals mm. and you know uh, but I, I love balance I love symmetry I love them I mean uh, you know if I go into uh, a room at home and it's on time and everything I, I begin to get you know begin to shake I think oh dear there's something wrong here it's probably a form of OCD I'm not sure what it is um, but um, yeah yeah there is there is that sorry I forgot no but you, you sort of from an early age it seems then that you yeah. did have this appetite yes. for, for more yeah. and for for mm. um, 
if not adventure, certain a curiosity that drove you to it, want to experience a lot in yeah, life. There was, yes, there was definitely that. And I think the, the driving force for me, certainly within the family, there were five of us. And um, I, I definitely had style as a priority. And, you know, going to mass and just looking around. Was, and, and that's a common thing. Everybody does that, I'm sure. But in those days, all the girls and all the ladies had to wear hats. So there's not a lot more to look at than there might be today. But um, my, my both my brothers are um, academic driven and they collect PhDs and all the rest and yeah. they've done wonderful things and that wasn't for me I went to, pre- to Paris um, a couple of times in, 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 when I was 16 for um, three or four months there, yeah, and then when I was uh, when I left school afterwards I went to the Sorbonne and um, uh, to learn a bit of French and I stayed with a wonderful family the Butler Ormonds which of course originate in Kilkenny mm. and um, uh, so stayed there and I you know we survived to, I think it was a year and a half or whatever it was um, and as a penniless student and I, I starved myself to buy a belt and I still have that belt in my drawer today a beautiful brown leather belt uh, with a, a huge brass buckle and when I look at that I, I think I said this to you when I look at that belt now all I, I can feel is hunger because <laughs> When you say you started off, it was so you could spend the money. So on, I could spend, um, yeah, the, spend money the money to buy the belt. Exactly. And you still have it. Still, oh, I do. Still I still have it. it. And then I sort of, um, I, in my time in Paris, my the lady that I was living with was an artist, and she uh, painted the most beautiful uh, foulard, these lovely sil- silk um, carré, these squares, silk uh, scarves, and she hand painted those, and I rolled them and uh, hand sewed the uh, the edges, and then folded them up and brought them in a, in a briefcase and. And, uh, walked around the, Par- the streets of Paris, selling them to Did various you? shops and getting a commission and anything to earn a few. A few. And then I gave some English lessons to students. And um, yeah, uh, that's, that's so funny because it's yeah. like the two things collided: your love of style and uh, yeah. sense of you know um, entrepreneurship, I suppose, and yeah. and then also communication because it was yeah, all kind communi- of coming together. It was building. It was yeah. Who yeah, was yeah. who was encouraging you or or allowing you or facilitating you? going to Paris and starting these kinds of adventures? Oh, well, my parents. They, yeah. they just, you know, when I, I think my par- my mother wanted me to do a secretarial course and I said, no, thank you very much. And uh, she, and I said, you know, and I had been to France, France, um, or France before and I loved the French language. I really uh, enjoyed um, uh, anything to do with France. And of course, Paris was, you know, the the, the centre of fashion and all this. There was, uh, a, uh, you know, a lot of mystique attached to it for an 18-year-old, 17-year-old. Mm-hmm year old girl I think I was at the time um, and I yes I went off and I decided that I was you know, I was going to be independent and I said okay you can pay my fare my my fees and my college and everything but I'm on my own after that and I'll do the radio and I regretted that so much because <laughs> pride wouldn't let me ring them and yeah. it was like, you know I'm, I'm a bit short this month and all the rest but anyway I was able to make ends meet so and do you just, think yeah. but do you think you're you're you didn't want to do the secretarial course, but do you think your mom understood, you know, the the, the sense she, of adventure and the drive to go and, and she kind of else? did, yes. But I mean, in in retrospect, when I when I look back at it now, she was being sensible and she just thought, look, let her get on with her singing, her drama, her yeah. style, and all of that. It's all very fickle, and um, let her have something solid to fall back on. And uh, I can see her, you know, motivation was there, but I wasn't going for any of that, and it was a waste of time for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it all just uh, came together. What was her relationship with clothing? And do you? My mother was very stylish. Yes, very, very stylish. And her mother, my grandmother, um, who died at an early age, um, she uh, was. uh, She used to make hats, and uh, her friends used to call to the house. My mother said, said, "You know, their friends used to. uh, um, Her friends used to call to the house to ask her to make a hat for an event. And of course, in those days, you couldn't. A woman would not leave the house uh, for. You know." um, any occasion, you know, without a hat on her head. So, and they lived in the glens of Antrim at that stage. So, yes, it probably came down through that little gene, I yeah. suppose. And but I think uh, it was a great saying that I, I um, discovered quite recently, and that is that genes provide the gun, and environment pulls the trigger. 
So unless the environment is there, you know, that gene can lie dormant for a long time. So I was very lucky that I had a few little stepping stones along the way. And I mean, there was a lot of luck, you know, attached to my past. And then from head to toe, it evolved into Dunn Stores, which I loved. And um, that was um, the, um, the, the, the the story. The magazine about the, and then the... Yeah. The, the, so, the, yeah. so because how many years were you on head to toe then? Quite well, I, uh, I was there since uh, I think 89 until about 98, I think. Yeah, and it wrapped and then, then. Is that it wrapped sure? then yeah, because... It wrapped then. Yeah, it did. You know, it, it became an outside broadcasting and then it became off the rails. Yes, of and course. And it was in, conceived in within, the, within the confines of RTE and then that came to an end and, and all the rest. So it all completely changed, you know. And so. I suppose in that time, um, <clears throat> before you kind of left head to toe then, the job must have evolved. Had, uh, mm. Did your um, sort of role evolve insofar as did your input become greater? Were you able to influence stories more or kind of what would happen? Or did it, I mean, it would have never stayed samey because there was such a variety. <laughs> yeah. When, did you yeah. feel when you look back from when you started to the time you were leaving, mm-hmm. kind of had your skills changed and what you wanted well, to yes, my, the involvement, of course. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, you know, in the beginning, I was I was literally sort of a puppet and told what to do and I did it. Yeah. Um, and then as time went on, yes, I could feel the responsibility which was very much on the, uh, you know, our, our series producers sort of said, look you know it's up to everybody in the office to come come up with stories come up with ideas come up with a, so um, and that I really did enjoy mm. and there were I, there was one particular one I know I did with um, uh, appropriate heel heights with um, mm. you know skirts and and all the rest and it I think the, the, the that the, you know, we're all wearing trainers now but I mean mm. just beginning to come in now the American ladies were wearing their trainers to the office and they brought their pumps and their mm. handbags now they, they don't bring the pumps in the bag but I mean um, all of that was yeah there was a there was a story like that that I really enjoyed doing that was quite you know um, intricate and then the other one was um, going to Newbridge Silver and um um, I went I called into Newbridge Silver during the summer uh, recess and I was looking for a wedding present for for somebody and um, I happened to meet um, William Doyle yes. and he brought me into the inner sanctum and he said um, he said now you know um, we're, we're, we're diversifying a little bit we've decided we're just going to we're going to do a little bit of jewellery and we're going to use the offcuts from our little sheet of, of silver and um, when we punch out our spoons and our forks and our knives Knives were left with um, a little bit of, you know, leftovers residue. And we have Emma and um, she's she cuts these into little um, into little pieces and makes pendants. And I thought this was fascinating. Yeah. And of course, recycling everything is really, really down my alley. And I thought this is so this is wonderful now. We're recycling, no waste recycling. And I said, gosh, William, we've, you know, we've a um, fantastic story here. Said, oh, great. We can we we can we said, will you promote our, our cutlery? And I said, no, no, nothing to do with cutlery. <laughs> and I said, you know, it's the jewelry. Uh, you know the jewellery and he said oh god well we haven't gone into production anything I said but the, the mere fact that you're using uh, you know your leftovers exactly. we said you can't say that you can't <laughs> say that they, these are meant for the bee you can't say that I said but that's the story of course we can so we did um, a couple of months later came down we did the big story and he, he tells the story himself that that was the launching pad really that he had for to open the door and it was a it was so satisfying and to see where he is today now. Oh, it's, it's brilliant. It's tr- I was it is out tremendous. at the, um, the, be- the launch of the Betty White exhibition yes. out there recently and I was chatting yes. to William. And, you know, I was just thinking, gosh, it's just to come mm-hmm. here and, of course, there is still the cutlery and all the jewelry, yes. the beautiful food. And then I love the Museum of Style yeah, icons yes, as well. Yeah, but, you know, it's yeah. so interesting to me when you say, we can't say that. That's the thing that people would be <laughs> shouting about now. Guess of what? Course. There's no waste. We're being, you know, inventive Absolute. and clever and everything. Yes, and and yes. now to think, you know, yeah, all the people yeah. that have had lines of jewelry and they yeah. have Naomi Campbell models yes, and stuff as well. I saw right. photos of you yeah. there when I was there recently yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think that um, mm. it's, it's such an interesting evolution, but yeah, also yeah. just that idea that people mightn't even know that it was cutlery that they were originally <laughs> doing. Yeah. That's right, exactly. Yeah, that's and now, because the cutlery is almost sort of a side exactly. sideline to the, the rest of the, I mean, it's, it's evolved into what a wonderful company, yeah. you know, and that was, uh, yeah, he was very reticent about that. Yeah. And, uh, but, and he was taking a gamble. He was at a crossroads and he did say this, you know, things weren't, the figures weren't sort of totting up and all the rest. And then he was going to take a gamble on this and suddenly it just took off and I'm so happy for yeah. him. Yeah. Well, 
can you kind of get that buzz that you know now oh, yeah. in retrospect yeah. thinking yeah. that was just yeah. because we you know yeah. we had that conversation yeah. and not yeah. taken from all of it that they had done yeah. but it's almost now I suppose if someone had an influencer come in the door that they weren't mm. expecting mm. you know and kind yes. of just take an interest in something yeah. they're doing yeah. it is it is a game yeah. changer it is a game know? changer and it is probably the luck of the draw as well mm. and for me the, oh, the adrenaline but the adrenaline flow throughout the programme yeah. you know it was tremendous it really was almost like a drug and very difficult to come down very very difficult to come down I think I was on that drug for 10 years yeah. you know? yeah. and, then, oh, well, and then it was difficult to come down to earth afterwards and do what I'm doing now which is very little <laughs> so were you sorry when it wrapped or were you kind of I was you were, oh I was sorry, yeah. I was sorry because um you know it left us we didn't leave it yes and it's you know it was wrapped because you know from internal all sorts of internal problems but um and it didn't resume itself and it really I suppose nobody expected head to toe to last so long mm. but there wasn't anything else and there wasn't uh it was a, it was a very good production we were really up there in the first or second third program the, you know in the, the every week every week yeah. we had great viewers but um, and we were repeated as well mm. we had our program during the week and they were repeated on Sundays um, so it, it was a very very popular program but then you know nothing nothing stays forever nothing everything yeah. sort of has to change and it was a case of what would I do then um, so and again this is a kind of an interesting story isn't it your association mm. with Dunn Stores afterwards because again yeah. it was yeah you, Am I right in saying you were looking for an outfit for something? When I was, you kind of, I was, yeah. yes, yeah, exactly. I wa- it was, um, I think it must have been, it wasn't that long after Head to Toe, maybe eight months or so, and it was spring. And I was looking, I came to Dublin to do a bit of shopping and I was looking for a, um, a spring travel suit because it, it just, it, it just, you know, it's a mainstay of every woman's, you know, um, uh, wardrobe, I think. So, um, and I didn't really have a huge budget. Not, you know, it didn't really bother me at that stage. So I did all the shops and all the, the stores, you know, Jane in, um, in Grafton Street and around Dublin and, and some of my favourite shops and I couldn't find anything. And, and where were your favourite shops around that time? Do you remember specifically which Oh my, God. well, Richard Allen was, go- was, was one mm-hmm. and certainly Brown Thomas and Switzer's, I think, was there yeah. still. And Arnett's and all of those. And yeah, and you know, the Chain stores were, were it. but however the, the you know the stores were then there were a few little boutiques as well there were um, shops in the Marion Centre I tried everywhere and I remember coming back up um, Crafton Street and I said no I haven't had any luck with this I can't see anything I like and I said I'd pop into Dunn stores so I popped into Dunn stores and there was exactly what I was looking for it was a powder blue um, linen mix um, trouser suit and it was beautifully tailored um, and I bought it it was very reasonable and it fitted me perfectly I just wore it with a little white t-shirt underneath um, and I was so pleased with it that I wrote to Margaret Heffernan and I told her my story about shopping around looking for this outfit and and I was so thrilled to find it in Dunn stores and she um, she said oh my goodness and thank you very much for writing me so would you come and spread the gospel within Dunn stores and uh, take it and I said absolutely so I had two brilliant years um, as uh, the fashion oh gosh what what was my my role it was was called fashion advisor fashion advisor but in fact it was fashion advisor really to the customers and but it had a sort of a you know a term fashion advice and it was probably the first time that Dunn stores had linked themselves with um, a name that mm. was familiar to people you know within the fashion world so you um, would today be called a brand ambassador as well I suppose, yes that, yes yeah. yes exactly yeah. yes exactly so um, in fact it just evolved it involved uh, traveling around the country and meeting customers and doing a few demonstrations and all of that which was lovely mm. um, and but obviously that role uh, you know, came. It was really attached to the the, the coattails of the profile of head to toe. Mm. So but it was linked you, with that. When you wrote to her, Barbara, it was genuinely just to say, "I'd love yes. to let you know this." There was no agenda Completely. on oh, your no, part. Oh no, 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 not at all. I, I mean, I didn't think there was a, job, there was a job. there was a job there. No, exactly. no, no, no. Oh, that's, I think no, that's no. such a lovely thing to do. My mom is always <laughs> writing people to compliment or thank them or anything. She says yes. we always make contact when yeah. there's an issue. But it's yes. really nice to just yes. say, "Job well done." Exactly. And I'm, I'm not being disparaging to Duns at all. But am yeah. I right in saying at that time? 
time it wasn't known particularly as a style destination. No, it was not. Yeah. It was not. And in fact, Savita hadn't been launched at that mm. stage. And we, we did that later on. It was very much the St. Bernard la- mm-hmm. uh, label, I think. And it wouldn't really have been up there. But I mean, that it has evolved into a major, major oh, store yeah. now, fashion wise, you know, which is terrific. But uh, it's a, it was a terrific uh, company to work for, I have to say. And I enjoyed that. And it is, you know, um, because it is one of those companies now as well that has kind of partnered up with various designers and mm. and some that didn't necessarily have a design background but then mm. did a partnership with them some mm. people from sports some mm. people from of course then Brendan and Sonia having done yes. you know I was supposed yes. to say head to toe yes. as well yes. Yes. Um, and, right. and then you know other designers as well so it's mm. interesting then that you were at the forefront mm. of that mm. and when you were going around kind of speaking to people did it feel quite familiar then because of having done the live shows was that something you felt um, confident to do or was oh, it well, a totally different well it was more beast? of a chat like we're having now it's yeah. like, you know you're, you're meeting people at a party or something you're chatting in a way it really wasn't presenting yeah. as such and I felt that uh, you know I suppose in Ireland, Ireland was so small and still is and at that stage and because I entered people's homes twice a week mm-hmm. that they felt they knew me yes. and there was no sort of barrier there there was no you know they felt that they, they could approach me yes. and I was approachable and you know they would ask me various things so there was a very nice um, integration Before, very one to one exactly yeah. and then yeah. you know obviously when you were in those places that was something that was planned and that's what you were there for and mm. then they were coming to chat to you mm. at the times that it was during your personal time mm. how did you find it because um like you you were well established in your marriage and as a mother and had mm. you started your interiors career and mm. by the time you were doing this so suddenly you were well known and mm. we alluded to it earlier but mm. i was interested to know at that time what the um public's kind of uh, interest how it presented itself because I know now people go up and take selfies or they would have mm. asked for different mm. things mm. did you mm. find that intimidating when people were recognising you would they be respectful or were mm. there times when you thought you know would family get bored of it let's say when um, you were out and about no I never found it intrusive in any way Good. I have to say people were always friendly and um, you know it, the only confusion that I had was <laughs> very often I didn't know if I knew these people personally yes. or you know with this <laughs> did they know me from head to toe or um but you know you greet people the same, the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know uh, and no I, I never found um, intimidated by it in any way people were always very very nice I mean um, I got a few a few, <laughs> a few nasty letters in the um, oh, a few little holy joes and all those you know, into the office at times you know, giving out to me for wearing a oh, I don't know maybe showing a bit of cleavage or whatever I mean really? so the criticism and, would always uh, be what you mind wore mind you I got a few proposals as well oh well so listen <laughs> balanced itself maybe for the same reasons oh, as I've, the still, I've kept them I've kept the letters just in case <laughs> that's interesting and did Pat yeah. ever get criticism or do you, oh it, yes yeah, but everyone... Pat loved criticism yeah. still does you know <laughs> and he does that deliberately and oh yeah we all got in, in those days there was no, as I say there was no, you know there was no social media or anything like that yeah. and um, mobile phones were just you know, you yeah. know it, and wasn't um, mailbag wasn't that what everyone used that's to right. write that's into that's right yes, that's if right they had yeah, to, yeah, they if wanted they had, to air that's true yeah yeah yes. oh yes yeah but the, the nasty letters were never signed I mean, they were always anonymous. Of you know, course, so they, of they were binned instantly. Anyway, so. and um, what was there ever anything that was kind of that, that, that? Let's say you guys as presenters yourself, Mary Pat, um, were pleased with, and and but that or to ye in the end were thinking that was a bad decision that we made or that was something that we need to be more careful of or did you feel quite free to tell the stories you were telling? Oh quite free quite free to feel to, oh no there was a great freedom there now obviously we had a series producer yes. and everything had to be passed through him or her at the mm. time and um, it was a team effort you know it wasn't just you would put forward we'd have a meeting every Monday very early in the morning and um, you we'd put forward our um, ideas for stories and then we'd have a we plan our week and our filming and our um, you know voiceovers and, and our writing our scripts and all that and we plan our uh, and I because I was commuting from Dublin to Limerick mm. so I was doing a bit of up and down um, but no generally the story would take on its you know uh, you know a format and but everything had to be had to be run through the, the, the series you know mm. the series producer I mean mind you that we uh, one of the um, anchors of the programme was of course our makeovers and um, now 
not everybody turned out better than they started out. And a lot of people were not that pleased. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, in those days, it's so stressful. It I is so stressful. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. I, I, I felt so sorry for lots of women who just, you know, put their head in their hands and said, oh, why did he cut my hair? The so hair, short? I was like, no. I mean, you can always hair. take clothes off or yes. you can always, but it, the cutting of the hair and everything. And it's difficult for a hairstylist because they see this wonderful hair and they see a face and a shape and they mm. are artists in their own way and they'll create um, a style but then that person might have a completely different person personality mm-hmm. and not be able to maintain that style at home or just you know have a different thing in mind mm. altogether so um, more well more often than not than we were you know people were happy with the change <laughs> yeah. but there were a few disasters and along the way for that hairdresser this is maybe you know a once in a career opportunity yes. at that time this was the main platform yes. to go on as well but you know yes. I, you know I, I do styling work and I contribute to some shows and yeah. honestly the word makeover still fills me with dread firstly yeah. I don't really like the term because I yeah. think it implies someone needs to be you know, people talk about a glow up now I much prefer yes. that you know just gl- that's a good term yeah, actually glow up is glow better up. I think but yeah. you know I just feel that these people would come and sometimes you know producers might want them to look way worse at the start so that they can look better at the end and I think I no know. wants to be on TV like you know with them, no makeup done and their hair brushed out yeah. and again people yeah. the hairdressers want to do something dramatic yeah. I'd like to put them in an outfit that yeah Yes, that it looks good. But my yeah. main priority is that they feel good. And now with social media, people yeah. are like, horrible, don't yeah. like a terrible satin stylist. And you're like, But it's so important to start with a black, a blank canvas. Yes. So yeah. whoever you're making over, I mean, cannot have any makeup on, cannot yeah. have it. You know, so you're, you, you are given a blank can- yeah. canvas to decorate and to, you know, but do whatever you have to do with yeah. it. Otherwise, the challenge isn't there. I know. You know. Well, listen, I know. But then there's so much other stuff, you know, and so, sometimes there there's so much more... Um, commercial TV uh, fashion produced mm. now on, on these shows and stuff as well. So mm. then sometimes there's a brand you're working with. Yes, like the whole thing yes, yes, like yes. Kind of oh, act. But, yeah. but ultimately you're like, I just really hope you feel good. And I do <laughs> laugh when they put the person in front of the mirror. Yeah. Because before they have a chance to smile or not, everyone yeah. goes, yay, you look amazing. <laughs> like telling them, you do look amazing. You will think you look amazing. You know? It's like, this is going it's, to, you know, it's just I, oh, such a funny, it's yeah, a funny dynamic. Yeah. It is, it is. Ultimately it's making TV, but you know, of course it is. This is the reality that TV that exactly, everybody loves. Exactly. Yeah. I was interested in the show itself because I know in um, even in, in 1988 when it started, Marty Whelan was involved. Yeah, and I, that always fascinated yeah. me. But yeah. what I loved is that they had said at the time that it was a mix of everything to do with clothes, people, rag trade in general, which of mm. course, mm. even then there was mm. so much more of a rag trade than there is mm. now in yeah. Dublin, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's something yes. that I think I would, or not just of Dublin, course. but obviously yeah. I'm thinking of that kind of, you know, around South William Street and everything, yeah. but all in Ireland. Yeah. And swap shops, the nostalgia <laughs> scene, um, people's private collections, country shopping yeah. and dressing yeah. on budgets and and um, yes. addressing problems. Yeah. And I thought, God, there's so many things that actually, that's why it was great because you could have a mix of presenters then yeah. as well because everyone could do something. Yes. But also I thought sometimes things become a little bit too focused. Like, so mm. I love the idea of that because I think for mm. me, fashion or style is so much more than just this is what's available, this mm. is what your shape mm. is. Mm. That's, mm. You know, mm. it is mm. about the mm. actual business yeah. of it. It's about yeah. the families. And I love yeah. vintage fashion, so yes. I love the stories behind exactly. it as well. And yeah. I think that that was lovely that you did have that yeah. opportunity. Yeah to yeah. tell people's stories as well. Yes, yes. No, you're you're perfectly right. And it was very important also being a magazine programme that we didn't overlap with them live at three. Yes. You know, they had their gardening and their cookery and mm. all this, so we, we didn't do any of that. But there was so much scope within our brief, head as to I say. Toe. Head was, to yeah, toe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there is. You know, and, um, but you know, a lot of people really don't take fashion or style that seriously. Mm. You know, they get on with their day yeah. and um, they, they get up in the morning and they dress and all of this. But I've always felt uh, and uh, you know whether we like it or not or whether you're into style or fashion or not we um, say so much about ourselves our personalities through what we wear mm. so when you get up in the morning I mean I know on several occasions if I have something going on the next day I will perhaps have an outfit in mind and I'll put it out and hang it up and make sure it's um, it's pressed and all that and then I can get up in the morning and say nope not in the mood yeah. for that. That's not me today. No, no, a different image altogether. Yeah. And I'll get into something else. But I mean, I, I keep 
preaching to my children, kept pre I, they don't listen now, my children, my God, my son is 50 and he's talking about retirement. I mean, I didn't feel old until I heard him, until I heard him talking about it. Anyway, um, but I just said, be careful about what you wear. And, you know, my granddaughters as well, because you're giving so many messages to the mm. outside world about who you are and so on. And um, and it's true. And it's and true. telling yourself, you know, yeah. that thing where you said you wake up in the morning and I talk about this a lot as well and you change your mind because mm. I always think do yourself a favor and help mm. future you by maybe mm. planning your outfits but then mm. changing your mind because we wake up and we need our clothes to um be different things to us on different days well that's the point as well yeah. now there are there are people I know there are girls out there who feel no I'm a suit person I will only dress in uh, trousers and um, jackets that match and I'll have a few little tops and all the rest I you know I that's I feel safe in that and I'm you know I go to the office and I wear my <clears throat> my various suits my I'm a tailored person and all the rest and then there are others who have whole a whole range of different personalities mm. within their wardrobe and I think that's such fun that's you fun. know yes it's such <laughs> I fun I team dress I like to yes, team dress Irene, but you, you know when you get when you get to a little bit <laughs> you know much 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 older than you are now but as you go on it's it's a little trap that I think ladies of uh, my age and much younger as well fall into. And that is because, you know, if you are perhaps maintain the, the, the figure that you've had uh, through the years and you can get into your size, whatever it is, um, and it, the price range is good, does not ne- necessarily mean that it has to be bought. Because yes. various um, styles, for instance, you know, I just don't believe that, that um, arms should be exposed after a certain age or knees should never be exposed after a certain <laughs> age um, it, it's not that they mightn't be toned and you know terrific you know in great shape and all the rest I just think it's inappropriate for, an, for a particular age and I think there's age appropriate dressing um, and that's terribly important as you get on you know well, do you know what I love to well. do with them when I'm working with individuals is look at the clothes that they really love and think how can we make it work for you now so restyling yes. it into something yes. else as well yeah. because there are yeah. things that we love and we don't want to part with and we think that's my personality and I won't necessarily be able to get this and yeah. they don't want to be dictated to by let's say they're um, yes. people you know, like what, me well, no 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 no, no, no <laughs> I don't mean that but what people might be designing for them at that age because yes. they find it frustrating they yes. might feel they're not represented so exactly. you know there are ways to kind of evolve what, with yeah. what you have as well and I think now yeah. there's so many different ways of doing it with different tailors so many as well. different yeah but yeah. you know, we were talking there about telling other people about who you are with your style, but mm. really it, it can be so important as to what we're telling ourselves. And mm. you told me, you mentioned your mom earlier and you told mm. me a, a story that has really stayed with me. Um, would you would you mind saying it again about um, when she was being cared for and they phoned you one oh, day? Oh, yes, yeah. yes, 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 indeed. If you're yes. happy to share. Oh, yeah, absolutely happy. Uh, my mother, as I say, was very stylish and um, she lived to a great age to, she was 95 when she was about 85 she um, she got a mild form of dementia um, I call it a mild form because she was very gentle and she knew me but she didn't sadly she didn't know my brothers and sisters because they all live abroad and they didn't see her as frequently and um, that was very sad for them um, so she was in a nursing home she's being very well cared for but I got a call um, one day from one of the nurses to say your mother is very agitated and we can't really calm her down and would you come over and um, see perhaps you could talk to her and all the rest Um, so I came to the nursing home and uh, came into mummy and um, had a look at her and I could see instantly what was wrong and that was she was wearing um, her uh, an outfit Um, I had bought all her clothes she loved shopping and so she used to come shopping with me and so on and we'd buy various outfits and and really nice um, coordinates and so on you know and mix and match and shoes scarves and accessories and all the rest and she was wearing an outfit that didn't remotely um, sort of lend itself to you know each piece so uh, the none of it went together none of it went together she was wearing a skirt with a, a, a cardigan I think and a shirt completely mismatched and um, and I could see when she looked in the mirror she became agitated she couldn't articulate exactly what was wrong but I knew uh, by her that um, something was wrong so I gently brought her to her room and coordinated the outfit uh, and she was completely at peace and and I said to the nurses now I'm going to put on the rails you know and just itemise everything so wrote 
everything out and what went with what. So I said, if you spend a little time with her in the morning, just coordinating her um, her, her clothes, you might have a sort of a, um, a much easier patient to deal yeah. with because, you know, she when, when a patient is upset like that, it's very, very difficult for them. So it was a simple thing like that and a little understanding for me of the condition. Um, and it, that lesson went a long way. And they did. They tried their best. And she was always beautifully turned out and beautifully mm. made up and all that. And that gave her pleasure yeah. when she saw her reflection. Yeah. I found the story kind of heartbreaking and happy in equal measure. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah. Um, you know, because... She still wanted to be who she who she was. Of course was, she did. You know, of course and that she did. Was she couldn't her. do it herself. Yeah. And she didn't know how to put things together, but she was aware enough of her appearance to know that things were wrong. She couldn't pinpoint what it was, mm. but um, as soon as it was corrected, she was happy. Yeah, and I love that you knew instantly as well mm. what it was. Mm. You know, I think that's mm. that's a really lovely story. Yeah. Are there kind of um, style lessons that you maybe took from her that you were because I know you've you've lovely relationships with your grandchildren now as yes. well. I know that that, that yeah. style and fashion is something you enjoy with them as well is yeah. there something that you're kind of passing down to them or organically yeah. that it just is something well like that um, my mother you know she loved um, she loved dressing on a budget and I would do the same mm. I would have a certain budget and I certainly wouldn't spend deliberately wouldn't spend a lot of money on it yeah. and I think she and mum used to sort of wear out so much uh, shoe leather going through <laughs> all the shops loved them you know even when she was in the nursing home and I would take her to uh, for a drive and I said where would you like to go and I said will we go and see the, um, the, the you know the mountains of the Cooley Mountains yeah. or Carlingford and said, no, no 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 I've seen enough scenery <laughs> I want to go to the shops I want to go to the shops <laughs> so it was always the shops and I'd wheel her in her wheel chair you know through the shopping centres and just to see all of that it just gave us such joy yeah. you know so yes I did that was definitely in the genes yes. and then I passed that down I think through to my granddaughters and um, they're, they have, they're very stylish yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. Um, you were saying that you were you wanted to do something nice for them and, and you thought it would be one thing but they kind of wanted to do another and you ended up going to Paris was it yeah Paris? yes that when they were eight each they were you know I decided that I would take each of I have three grand granddaughters so when they got to the age of eight I would bring them on a little trip so the eldest um, Tova her name is Tova and she all she wanted to do was to go to Paris to see the uh, Monet's lilies you know uh, in the Tuileries um, gallery so um, she's very into art and all the rest and she's so we we, that was her big sort of trip to um, to Paris and we did that for a few days and then uh, a few a couple of years after that Lara was eight and then she Lara's into style she's very much like me um, in lots of ways mm-hmm. and uh, lots and lots of ways in fact we have so many simil- similarities beyond uh, fashion and um, so we went to Paris and she said oh Nana all I want to see are the shops and fashion and everything I said this is marvellous this is right down <laughs> so we went we went to Gallery Lafayette and um, I decided I'd buy her a little outfit. So we ended up, I ended up buying her a little coral um, linen shift dress, sweet little thing, and a pair of navy pumps and a little trilby hat. So we went back to the hotel and she said, and, she, and it looked lovely on her, but she, stu- she tried it on uh, when we got back to the hotel and she stood in front of the, door, uh, the, the mirror and she said, um, Nana, do you have your needle and thread with you? And of course she knows I never could travel anywhere without my needle and thread. And um, so she stood in front of the mirror and she was tweaking the dress and said well if you could do this with this side and this with this side and this with the and this and then and before long she had the hem taken up and she she, she got me to take the hem up she got me to create a couple of darts um, you know around the butt to bring in to cinch in the waist and to uh, open the armholes to bring it you know slightly in towards her shoulders she remodelled the dress completely so we did that she put it on stood in front of the preened in, in front of her in front of the mirror and I thought it was the sweetest thing I'd ever seen I thought oh my goodness this is me this is me so long you must ago. get such a kick out of that oh Yes, yes. And then she's now 16 and she's uh, so stylish and will go on to, to do lots of things, I think, in the future. I'll be, I'll be looking out. I'll be looking out <laughs> for the magazines. And um, just on that note, um, you were talking about always having your needle and thread. Mm. And I, I read a story before, but I'm not sure if it was true, that you had a black sleeveless dress and you wanted to 
cover the arms mm. and that you got creative with a pair of fishnets. Did yeah. you do that? I yes. didn't know if that yes. was just yes. like an urban <laughs> myth at that stage. I love that. Oh no, that absolutely, was. absolutely. Uh, oh, that and a, um, wearing a what a, a waste paper basket as in decorating a waste paper basket and wearing it to a wedding as a hat. So, oh, I love it. <laughs> and a lampshade so and a lampshade as well. Funny. So yeah, I mean that's a, no, it was very very easy with the, the fishnet tights. It was a cocktail dress and again the arms were just. So I just opened up the um, the they were fishnet stockings oh yes and um just open them up at the toe and then then we obviously sewed them sewed them into the armhole and then pushed them up as, as little and in, i actually trimmed the the cuff of the um of the uh, the 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 the, the the stocking, yeah. you know, with a little sort of beading, which made sort of gave it a finish. And you know and now it, it people would be really doing well. that a lot and sharing it on Instagram, uh, probably. Social media. But were people a little bit fascinated, or did you never even mention to anyone? Well, I told? mentioned it, okay, but I thought you know everybody should do it. Yeah, I mean, why yeah. not? That's you know, how people were absolutely fascinated by that, particularly well. that it was Barbara McMahon off the telly that had the fishnets <laughs> on her arm. Um, I was wondering well. before I let you go. Um, I know fashion is big love, and then uh, you're singing still. Is that correct? Well. We sing in a choir now. You know, we sing in a choir, and we go. Yeah, we travel quite a lot, and we've we've sung in the Vatican for the Pope oh. um, in Rome, and um, we sang. We've been singing. Yeah, we a few away to. We were supposed to go to Malta, but because of COVID, we couldn't. But we we'll get there eventually. Do you all wear the same and, clothes? Um, we do. We all wear. Oh, we yeah. wear a uniform, a very nice little sort of um, burgundy silk jacket, and um, black. And, and is there something in that kind of when you don a uniform that you think? It's for that role. Like you it know is for that role. It your, is, yeah. yes. But the singing at this stage is so therapeutic. Yeah. And it's a form of mindfulness for me. And, you know, I mean, I would rarely sing. I mean, I might sing at a party if I'm really pressed. Um, but, you know, I, I really wouldn't sing anymore. But singing in a choir is so is wonderful. And I've stuck with it for so long. And I'm I'm more amazed than, than anybody that I've stuck with it for, you know, for this length of time. And uh, I really enjoy it. I yeah. really enjoy it. You know, it's a great, great group. It is. So there's something joyful about doing something collectively as there well, is yes yeah. so we make now. a very good sound yeah. and we're the Trader singers in Drauda and Trader T-R-E-D-A-G-H is the old word for Drauda so we're ah. a very original choir it's lovely it really nice. is lovely. I'm actually going to seem completely coincidentally I only remember it now um, to the casual choir you know this choir where people get together yes. and just learn for a couple of hours the songs my first time going really? to see I'm really excited about it actually I just that's started super. thinking about that now yeah. I don't think we're any uniform <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah just, that's you know, great that, that idea of coming yeah. together and I think yeah. Particularly yeah. for the last couple of years yeah. of Jordan's and for dementia and for Alzheimer's patients as well. Singing okay. apparently is, yeah, there's an Lovely. Alzheimer's choir. It's it's wonderful. It's, yeah. it's it is terrific. Yeah. Um, and is there anything out of all of those people that you met, and I know you interviewed lots of people, um, was there anyone either through your work or otherwise mm. whose style stopped you in your tracks, whether you were younger or even throughout your career, that 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 really oh, made gosh. an impact on well, you? Well, I, I I would love to have met. Um, I would love to have met Grace Kelly. Mm. You know, she was an icon, the, the icon for me growing up and all the black and white movies. And of course, she always, when she played such romantic roles yeah. and I was such a fantasist and um, she would have been, you know, the, uh, she would have been a terrific influence. Um, anybody else in later years? Oh, gosh. I, I can't really. Yeah. Well, you met so many really. different people as well. Yeah, you know, I was. Yeah, I was very lucky. And then then on the on, out of fashion altogether, um, like that, I was. I, you know, never really that starstruck. And I'm sorry I wasn't because I didn't get in, enough in, you know photographs. And <laughs> Richard Harris was a good friend at the, at the time. Um, well, uh, he was from Limerick, and um, when we went to London, we used to have a meal with him, and he brought us to Tramp to and all this. But he he asked me to be his plus one at um, that wonderful um, concert in Aviva it was Lansdowne Road at the time when uh, Frank Sinatra and uh, Sammy Davis Jr and Liza Minnelli played so there I was in the front row with Richard Harris and we went to the party afterwards and there was you know chatting away to Frank Sinatra I mean that's almost surreal now and uh, and I didn't have a camera I didn't take a photograph of all these (laughs) men Oh, that and Sean Connery though. arrived at my doorstep with a bottle of champagne as well. And uh, that was at another. your doorstep. Yes, in, in Marbella. I wow. was staying in Marbella. And I had met him the year before through a Limerick friend again. He was golfing with him. And he heard I was coming back to, he was he heard I was coming back to uh, Marbella. And um, I, I mean, I, I simply can't believe at this stage, but um, I had just had a shower and I was um, piled <laughs> my hair up and no makeup on. And the doorbell rang. 
And uh, my and I said to one of my boys, I said, you know, I thought it was the housekeeper, you know, um, showing us where things were. Anyway, it wasn't. He couldn't. Um, he couldn't. My son couldn't reach the latch to open the door because I wanted to hide in the bedroom. Or, you know. Anyway, I ended up opening, uh, opening the, the door to Sean Connery, and I was in a wrapped in a towel <laughs> with my hair in a towel and no makeup. I need a bottle of champagne. Or something, so I'm just, I'm just welcoming you back to Marbella. Anyway, he came in. He drank it, and we. Uh, I did. I do have a photograph of that. Is there anything after all the years that you've like loved clothing and worked in fashion and observed style like mm. what is your biggest takeaway because we've touched on what clothes can do but the role of clothing in your life yeah. what would you say yeah. is your biggest takeaway now on, on reflection oh my goodness well I it's just it's so satisfying I just love shopping and I, I really do I and mean, if I get you know a new outfit it's not a case not necessary for an occasion but I get such an uplift and it's uh, you know it's better than a gin and tonic it's better than a you know it, it really is such an adrenaline flow um, I really you know that's really I suppose what I take away from it's it's such a joy yeah. and it's maybe it's an addiction maybe, I'm not sure but I well it's, it's an addiction a, that has served you well if it is well, it's, it's, it's not life threatening and no, it's no. you know it's one of the more innocent ones as well. I've been looking through lots of photos of you <laughs> and uh, oh yeah just God, because you know you. when I was researching and and um, mm. and all the different styles and what I love is the time that 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 head to toes spanned yeah um, you can see the the clothes changing in Can what you're you? wearing and your hair even you know? oh God, the hair the I know hair and everything yes, as well. yeah, did, was yeah. there did they do your hair in Orsi or were you very no I did my own did. makeup did and you? did my own hair yeah, yes oh yes well we, we our budget didn't uh, rise to that and you know I was doing so much travelling around as well course, that yeah. I couldn't have time to make uh, appointments with hairdressers or makeup artists so no I did my own um, and yes I do I do remember all the different styles and everything yeah the hairstyles some of them were dreadful when I look back on them now how do I no, I love how you can look at a hairstyle or look at a jumper yeah. and kind of think yeah. you know really within a couple of years you can kind of say kind of pinpoint as to when that was yes but, yes um, yes yeah. but no yeah. I really and the shoulder pads and the do you remember pads. the shoulder pads yeah yeah they were pretty empowering now that you say it you know those the, the elevated shoulders and all that they were they were they were terrific so were they when they came in was that something that you thought very yes it soon? was now that yeah it was I think the, the elevated they, they were very flattering because they instantly um, slimmed your waist you know you had that triangular look and you had the yeah the the as I say the elevated shoulders and then slimmer waist and then you had the, the slim trousers or whatever so it gave it automatically gave you an, an optical illusion which we all <laughs> yeah. you, you know which we all need at times and um, that was pretty empowering and uh, as a fashion statement I suppose yeah yeah lovely and I love them as well because they make such a statement just as you walk they in do, the door yeah anyway, they, they do yeah. they do they'll creep back wait you see wait, I you think see. they are I think yeah, they are, you know. Yeah, people will be are, adding yeah. more and more. Oh, they, yeah. oh I have, the, I have all my everything. I have such an array of clothes that I'm terrified. I'm such a hoarder because I'm, you know, take a collar off something and take, you know, a cuffs or something else, and I add and subtract and customize and everything. I'm terrified to throw anything out. I in know. Case of, well, in case it has another life. The very time that you throw something out, that you'll go looking yeah. for it as well. I know. You know? I so, know. so you I do have that. the big collection at home. Then I have a big collection at home. Yeah, I have a few things now that I have set aside that I think no, I'll never wear that again. I'll kiss them goodbye. Yeah. But some of the good things yeah. are really, you know, I'm emotionally and sentimentally attached to them. Oh, so they difficult to let go. Meet your sister. I can tell where I wore all different things too and they evoke different yes. feelings as well. So yeah. continue and to enjoy well. them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and yes, I've enjoyed our chat so much. So thank, thank you, so you so much, much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Irene. I've enjoyed it too. <laughs>